Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Adam Hawkins. Each episode, I share a small batch of software engineering theory and best practices. If you enjoy this podcast, then please subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Hey everyone, Adam here for the next episode in the 12.1 Factor App Series. I'm writing more episodes addressing my amendments to the original 12 factors. After that, I'll propose new factors. Also, sorry about a mistake in the last podcast. The podcast episode I mentioned is no longer available. The host told me he took the podcast completely offline. However, he did invite me onto his current podcast, Rails with Jason. I'll go on his show in the coming weeks to discuss CD, deployment pipelines, pre-flight checks, smoke tests, and all that good stuff. Jason also said I can simulcast the episode on small batches, so that's like a bonus episode for you. All right, enough preamble for now. Time to talk logs. The 12-factor app states that applications should not concern themselves with storing their log stream. Simply log to standard out or standard error. This works in development because developers can see logs in their terminal. It also works in production because tooling can redirect logs or capture and process the streams independently of the application. My stance on the 12-factor app is that it's a great starting point but requires amendments. Just logging to standard out or standard error is not enough to build robust CD pipelines. We need to layer in additional logging practices on top of the original recommendations. So, the 12.1 factor app does three things. One, supports a log level configuration option. Two, uses a machine readable format like JSON in production. And three, generates time series telemetry from logs. Let's consider each point. The first point relates to the config factor. More on that in the previous episode at smallbatches.fm slash six. Applications must support log level configuration instead of hard coding it. Use a low log level like debug in development and info or higher in non-development environments. Second, logs must be produced in a machine readable format such as JSON. Oh, and no multi-line logs. Multi-line logs are effectively syntax errors in a log stream, so just really avoid them. Anyway, using a machine-readable format enables new use cases. Here's a few. Error logs may contain stack traces. Contextual information, such as user IDs, may be added to all log entries. Log entries can generate time series data. Log entries may be parsed and routed to different storage systems. Warn and error logs may generate alerts. Fatal logs may page someone. You know, the list goes on and on. The point regarding time series telemetry warrants extra attention. Consider Nginx or Apache. Both output the well-known access log format. The format includes request latency, response code, and other information like the origin IP address. This single log line contains wonderfully useful telemetry. Parsing the log can generate a histogram on response latencies, also incoming request counts, a percentage of satisfied requests, internal server errors, backend errors, and even a leaderboard on response codes, and more. That's enough to understand how an HTTP service is operating, so there's no need for extra tools. The same approach applies to internal telemetry. Applications can output time series data to standard out for consumption by downstream services. This eliminates the need for third-party libraries and external metric collection services in favor of infrastructure log-level storage and metric generation. You can see this principle in action with products like Datadog or Norelic. Both offer centralized log storage, searching, and metric generation. Once metrics are generated, then you have full access to the suite of tools around them, 
such as graphing, monitoring, and alerting. All right, let's recap the three points. Support log-level configuration, log in a machine-readable format, such as JSON, and treat logs as a telemetry source. Also, these practices are especially useful in growing distributed systems since they shift responsibility out of applications and into horizontal support layers. Anyway, that's all for this one. Go forth and log. Want to learn more about DevOps but don't have time for books? Then sign up for my free email course at freedevopscourse.com. The course details the three ways in depth along with continuous delivery, trunk-based development, and much more over the course of nine days. Sign up now at freedevopscourse.com.